Welcome back, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. I'm Nate Johnstone, and Paul Anderson is here. Hi. Hi, Paul. And I think they want to know about what we're talking about. I think they do, too. Whether they realize it or not, because spiritual warfare is a part of your daily life. Even yeah. if you're not particularly involved in that warfare, it's involved with you. And you probably ought to get in there, start the, fighting. The reason Paul uses the, um, the metaphor of spiritual warfare in scripture is because that's a lot what it's like. Again, spiritual, not physical. We are not fighting flesh and blood. We are not fighting human enemies. It's that's, not that's the pastor. Not, it's not the pastor. Not it's the not teacher. even your spouse, even though they're wrong about everything. Um, <laughs> it's... Yeah, and I'm not just blaming it on the devil here. The devil made me do it. No, it, but there is the reality of spiritual darkness out there. Yes. It's, it's real and it is insidious and it, the devil is actively trying to bring you down. And if you don't engage in spiritual warfare, you are only getting attacked. You're not attacking back and you're not defending yourself. A lot of Christians I know just ignore this or pretend it doesn't happen. And you're just walking around getting shot with arrows all day long. And, and eventually that, that will eventually cause a problem in your life. <laughs> Blame Being the culture riddled with arrows. because at Halloween, we put them in pajamas and it's hard to believe that the uh, person in pajamas are going to be, is going to be that sinister. But in fact, he operates on the earth and in the heavenlies, the heavenly in the skies. And he's, he's going at it all the time with his angelic host. One third of heaven went with him. So we talked last time about the four main ways that Satan Lucifer, uh, the devil, the adversary comes after us. The first that I mentioned is accusation. He comes at us and he accuses us, either coming before God to accuse us or accusing us in our spirit, saying, you lousy Christian, you shouldn't be teaching Sunday. Why, why would you teach Sunday school? You don't have what it takes. And he wants us to feel guilty, but not go to the cross, which right. is where guilt is removed. So that's the first. The second, and I'll recap these rather quickly. The second, coming after us and luring us. He's the tempter. So he's doing the, he's doing the come here finger now. Yes. Sinister look on his face. <laughs> come here, children. How yes. about some candy? I've got some plans for you. That was a pretty good Wicked Witch of the Thank West. Thank you. Wow. Yes. Maybe post-retirement, you know, you <laughs> have a new gig. Yeah. So we've got accusation we've, or pointing the finger. Yes. We've got temptation, the come here. Come here. And the third is intimidation. Intimidation. With the growl and the fingers yeah, uh, claw coming fingers. at you. Yeah. Uh, he comes like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Devour. He Not devoured. just mess with. He messed with Peter. Not it, just mess with. Devour. Yeah. Well, he went That's after Peter, and unless Jesus had prayed, I pray, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. He almost lost Peter, mm -hmm. but he prayed, he interceded, and Peter came back. That's wonderful. So he uses the that to intimidation. And then the fourth, which is in the Bible, at least most common, he's a liar and he lies and he deceives us through lying as he deceived Adam and Eve in the garden. And as he deceives us, Paul says, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Well, if we're not aware of them, he can pull the rug out from underneath neath us and deceive us. And we find ourselves in a place where we've believed a lie of his about ourself. Mm -hmm. The two places that he comes hardest against is our picture of God and our picture of ourself. 
Yep. So if he, he lies to us about who we are and uh, we lose our identity, then we're going to uh, compromise our destiny. And if you notice the, the story with the serpent and Eve in the garden, that's exactly what he does. The serpent goes out to the image of God. God doesn't have your best in mind. Yes. He knows that if you eat the fruit, you'll become like him. He doesn't have your best in mind. He is trying to trick you. So he's coming against the identity of God right there. And then he's coming against their identity of God's servants and obedient. Like, no, no, no. You can go your own way. You can do whatever you want. You don't just need to sit here and obey God. Yes. So right from the beginning, that's what Satan does. And it doesn't go well for humans. I'm thinking of two people right now. One is uh, going through a very traumatic time where a loved one is dying and this person is angry. Mm for what is happening and I feel angry because they person great they want the person to be healed and uh, they're not yes yes yeah. yes and going through hard. terrible struggle it's very hard I feel for this person so much and I uh, called and left a message in hope that he'll understand this verse that I shared with him that he is near not far from the brokenhearted, and saves the crushed in spirit. Those who are crushed, those who feel they have no no hope, God draws nearest to them. But the lie of Satan, see, God doesn't care about you. God is not interested in you. God, let this happen. Right. God controls everything, and this this is, he looks like it's out of his control. Well, mm -hmm. he m made it happen. No, he didn't. And he knows your weaknesses, you know? Yes. The devil does. He can't read your mind, but he, Thank you. he's got spies out there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Devices, that sort of thing. And so I think he preys on your weaknesses. And so if you've been a faithful Christian for a long time, and then a loved one is dying, and they're not mm -hmm. being healed, the devil knows what you're going to be tempted to think mm -hmm. in the dark hours of the night. Which is, really, this is my reward? After working so hard, faithfully, sacrificing for you, God, my reward is that my daughter dies, my wife dies, whatever it is, my husband dies. And that's that's a thought people have. Yes. And so the devil then jumps on that and he keeps putting that thought in your head. And every time you shove it out, he tries to shove it back in. And that's the taking those thoughts captive thing. And I said there were two people... The other one is a young man who lived in this house, who loved God, and now he hates God. And when I tried to connect with him recently, I saw him at the other house. He said, don't talk to me about God. And he walked off, and I talked to some other people, and they said, he's lost it. He's lost faith. He is angry at God because he lost his girlfriend that he thought he was going to marry, and he's blaming God. And Satan convinced him that God was at fault. And so back to this important reality that if we surrender the truth about who God is and who we are, we give in to lies and those lies put us in the darkness and good things don't happen in the dark. Yeah. Satan is called the prince of darkness. Yeah. So those four things. Now, are there other All of things? which are designed to, as you said, come against our view of God and our view of ourself. Mm -hmm. And they're designed to keep us from coming to God. Yes. Satan's primary aim, because Lucifer no longer has relationship with God. He is he's barred from relationship with God anymore. And he desperately wants us to experience a lack of relationship with God as well. Mm -hmm. And so he will do whatever it takes to keep us from coming to the Lord. And so, so often that's as simple as saying, when we're about to pray, we start to pray. And he's like, oh, really? You're going to pray after you had this thought today? And after you did that today? And after what you said about this person? And after, by the way, that, that was racist. Oh, shit. Yeah. So who are you to think you can come to the Lord? Mm -hmm. 
And so he keeps us from praying through shame. He keeps us from praying through fear. He keeps us from praying through anger, whatever it is that he can do. That's his aim. And he'll use any or all, he'll, all those fingers, yes. <laughs> a combination, whatever he needs to do to keep you away from the Lord. And every time you turn to something else other than God, that's a victory for for the enemy. Mm-hmm. And you've allowed him to win. There's, there's one other one that yeah. I'm going to mention, but I think it operates under the theme of deception. Okay. It's distraction. In the book of Nehemiah, yeah. he was being, they attempted to distract him from his work on the wall. He said, I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. That was spiritual warfare because he was being distracted. Yes. And I would say deceive. So I'd put it under the deceive category, but there are other ways. Could be separate. I like like it being a fifth category because five fingers. Okay. Makes a fist. Warfare. Like, I think that, I think it strengthens your metaphor if it's five. Also, I think deception, I I feel like it's a little different because deception is evil. Like, he's Mm -hmm. he's lying to you. Whereas distraction, it doesn't have to be something bad. My kids are very distracted. And they're all wonderful gifts of God, right? Yeah. And But I brought up politics last time. I think politics is a distraction that the devil uses. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's all evil in and of itself, et cetera, et cetera. List of disclaimers scrolling by really fast. But I do think the devil uses that to distract. Mm-hmm. I th- and I think it's, I think he's so successful at it. He just cackles because he keeps us Christians so distracted by this stuff. I think he, he uses other good things to distract. I think there are certain doctrines that the devil uses to distract people. And I've, I've seen them a lot. I think, I think over, I'm going to get hate mail, but that's okay. We speak the truth, right, Paul? Um, <laughs> I have known people for whom an overemphasis or overfascination on any number of topics yes. can be a distraction. Uh, I have seen it specifically with end times. Mm-hmm. People who are just, they, they are just obsessed with the end time stuff, second coming stuff. And that's what everything else in their life relates to somehow. Mm-hmm. is that. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to prophesy, at the end of their prophecy is going to be something about that, right? Because mm-hmm. that's their filter. But I think it can be a distraction. I'm not saying don't read Revelation. I'm just saying, uh, let, keep the main thing the main thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen the Zionist movement, the like back to Hebrew roots movement. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's all bad, but I've seen people go way too far and get really, really legalistic and start changing diets and clothing and telling other people they need to start using these Hebrew words in their dialogue instead of words that we're commonly using. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is at best a distraction. I think there's some deception there as well, personally. It's at best a distraction. And I know some good people who've gotten really distracted by stuff. And I'm not saying it's wrong to wear a prayer shawl. Not at all. I'm just saying we got to be careful to not let ourselves get distracted by things that are even good things. So you're telling me I got to change my blog because I did four things in my blog and now I've got to use my thumb and No, you just got to write a new blog. A fifth. A fifth. Okay. This just in. Greater revelation. I've I've had a Thank another you, another revelation. Okay, I'll accept it. <laughs> uh, and can I just say one more thing? I really like those five now. Yes. Things, Paul. And one of the reasons I like it is because when we understand this is what the enemy tries to do. These are his tactics. The Bible says, don't be ignorant of the enemy's schemes, right? And so we need to understand the way he works because then we can see it happening in our life. We can see it happening in the lives. If you're anything like me, you'll see it happening in the lives of other people first before you see it in your own. And one of the things I have seen is you talk about the devil's, one of the devil's primary roles being the accuser of the brethren. He accuses the Christians. One of Jesus' primary roles is the opposite of that. Yes. And, and that is that yes. he ever lives to make intercession on our behalf. 
yes. at the right hand of God. And if you look at all five of those, I think in each case, you will see that Jesus is the opposite mm-hmm. and he is meant to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. And the devil is trying to distract you from God's brilliance and his light by pulling you to a lesser light of some kind. And so Jesus is the intercessor. He is saying good things about us. He is speaking yeah. on our behalf. He's the advocate. The advocate. First John yep. 2, 1. And those are we both advocate. Those are both judicial terms. Yes, you got They're close. Both courtroom words, folks. <laughs> courtroom words. Um, Judicial. And, and and there are people who've taken this to maybe an extreme, but I do find it interesting in, in terms of warfare prayer and getting very legal because those terms are our legal terms. Advocate and accuser, both. Um, and accuser is like the prosecutor exactly. attorney. So the accuser is the prosecutor. He's uh, the lawyer against you. <laughs> yeah. Jesus is the lawyer for you. The father is a righteous judge though. So mm-hmm. we can we can relax Good call. when Jesus is on our side unless we start working for the accuser. If we start giving information to the accuser or working on his behalf for other people, and here's where it is, folks. And I see this so much in it. Over the, I used to do this, okay? Let's start with confession. <laughs> I used to do this all the time. And that is accuse other brothers. Mm-hmm. I used to speak against this movement or speak against this leader or this blog person or that person that I didn't like because of different theologies or stances or whatever. And I would, I would speak ill of other Christians. And I felt like I was righteous to do so because they were wrong. And I'm a teenager, so I know everything. Right? And I've come to see more and more how terrible that is yeah. to the point where now where I do see it, it really breaks my heart. And, and I see it all the time. Christians talking, Christians accusing. Other Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, so-and-so church does this. And well, at least we're not like so-and-so church. Or oh, she flew out to that church to be with. Why would she want to be with them? Oh, we're going we to have to have a talk with her and make sure she's not getting too much into that. Um, whose team are they playing for? Which side are they on? Are they on team advocate? Are they on team advocate who is saying, Lord, look at what your brother, look at what your children are doing. And it's so wonderful. Bless them. Bless what they're doing, Lord. Mm-hmm. Is Are they on team advocate or are they on team accuser? Look at the terrible things they are doing. Yeah. Father God, what they're doing is awful and they're pointing the finger and they're speaking wickedness. And I think it's in Micah, maybe it's Malachi, I have to look it up, but it talks about the fact that there's a curse on the land because the people are pointing the finger and mm. speaking wickedness mm. about one another. Mm. So they have joined team accuser. Mm-hmm. And so what you have here in this metaphor of, of prosecutor and, and defense attorney is you are voluntarily offering yourself as a witness for the prosecution against other Christians. Ouch. You are volunteering to, I will go into that courtroom. Satan, I'm on your side. I will gladly offer testimony against these people because they're terrible. And God needs to bring them down or whatever it is. And sometimes it's nowhere near that extreme. And you just, you just say something terrible about somebody else or about another church. But what team are you playing for? See, because that is spiritual warfare and it's friendly fire. Lay it out. The devil, What when you and I have done this, folks, I think we've all done it, but I definitely used to do it a lot. Um, it's spiritual warfare and the devil has convinced you. He has deceived you. I think it's a deception one. Mm-hmm. He has deceived you into thinking you need to start shooting your fellow soldiers. And, oh, they're not being a very good soldier over there. It would be better if I shot them than if we all focus on shooting the enemy. That's a deception. That's insane. It's evil. Yes, it is. You should be thrown in jail yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause it means you've gone nuts and you're a danger to everybody else. But so many of us Christians are voluntarily, um, testifying against our fellow Christians on behalf of the devil. Cause anytime we accuse each other, that's whose team we're on. We're not on team Jesus anymore. The, the, the world, 
does not need to be told they're sinners. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We don't need to tell the world how bad they are. We don't need to go tell everybody how terrible they are. Like they know that. And and we don't need to accuse other Christians of what they're doing. We should pray for them. If there's another Christian or another church or in your area or whatever it is that you think is doing stuff that isn't good, pray for them. Get your whole church to pray for them. And if you really feel like it's bad or dangerous, go talk to them. Maybe talk to the pastor. The, the Bible does outline conflict resolution um, in how to do that. And maybe we'll get at that um, in, a, in a later in a later week. Don't just stand there and accuse him because you, you've joined. I mean, what a great win for the enemy. Oh my. What a great win. If, if he can toss in some sort of a drug that makes three or four soldiers go nuts and start suiting each other. Well, that's better than an ambush. I mean, that's for him. That's fantastic. And I think we fall for that. We mm. fall for that way too much. And I think it's, I think it's really sad. And as a parent, I can't, I mean, when one kid comes to me telling me how terrible another kid is, I, I do not like, I don't feel endeared towards the one who's telling me how terrible the other one is. Uh, if anything, I'm more upset at the one who's coming to tell me how terrible her sister is. It's like, you know what? Both of you get out of here. <laughs> and they uh, come to me thinking that they're going to be praised for being righteous and telling me how terrible the other one is. Yes. Very Pharisee, right? Very Pharisee. Mm. God, thank you that you have not made me like this heathen, you know? But guess what? I, I am not all about that, okay? I don't like it at all. And they're always so surprised. What? Thought I was going to pat it on the back. No, you just, tr you're a traitor. I'm not going to reward a traitor. If they're doing something wrong, help them. Mm -hmm. If they're doing it intentionally, try to figure out why, you know, like don't, don't turn them in. But anyway, good I, sermon. I think, I think we fall for this often and yeah. I think we fall for it. Not only big picture, this church, that Christian, but I think we fall for it even in the family and at, at home. And it turns into us accusing our spouse before the Lord. You feel pretty strong about that. I, I feel really strong about it because how many people, when they go to bed at night and pray, instead of saying, Lord, I am a sinner, I need your help, humbling themselves and receiving from the Lord, you sit down and say, oh, well, you know, all the stinking things that my stinking husband did today. He did this and he did that. And he's so terrible about this and so terrible about that. So, I mean, right now we're supposed to be praying and we're, we're testifying for the devil against the person that we, that we're supposed to love over and over again. The Bible shows us that's not how to win. That's not how to win. Even um, Solomon says that repaying evil with kindness is like dumping hot coals on the head of your enemy. As if to say, you shouldn't want to dump hot coals on the head of your enemy. But even if you do, the best way to actually do that is to be kind to them instead of replay evil for evil. And Jesus over and over again, over and over again, he tells us clearly what we're supposed to do. We're, don't keep no record of wrongs. No, no, no. Forgive all that stuff. Let it all go. Pray for them. Pray for them. And I feel like if we did that, we'd have less personal warfare in our life and less corporate warfare <laughs> happening everywhere. I suspect that some of the people in hearing this are saying, ouch. <laughs> yeah. And I think it would be- I certainly did. I think it would be good for us to stop here mm -hmm. and turn it into a prayer. You could pray. I could pray. And we could ask God to forgive us. Mm -hmm. where we have weakened our brothers and sisters by attacking them, and we weakened ourselves, and we're giving in to the devil. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pray, and you can jump in at the end if you okay. want to. So, Lord, you know I struggled with this for years, and it was, a, it was a long time before I fully understood what I believe is your heart on this, which is you're very much against <laughs> us pointing the finger at each other and speaking wickedness about each other and accusing each other in front of other people and, and before you. That, 
But it took me a while to see that for the deception it was and to humble myself because I was very proud to humble myself and admit that I was really wrong in doing those things. And so if if some of our listeners are, are still in that process where they haven't quite reach that place yet where they're really wanting help to let all that go. I pray that you just help them along that path mm-hmm. and give them a, give them revelation. I'm not going to be able to convince anyone to stop doing anything or start doing something else, but you, Holy Spirit, can do that. Mm. And that's your job. Mm. And I prefer to let you do your job mm. and I'll stick with helping you and not hopefully helping the enemy. And so, Lord, I do pray for a revelation for people who are, whether actively or even just nonchalantly, accusing one another, accusing spouses, siblings, kids, coworkers. Gossip plays into this as well, but I'm not just talking about gossip. Um, some of us do it in our prayers. Some of us do it against other churches or other Christians or other denominations, other countries. Oh, Christians in that country, blah, blah. Lord, help us not to do that. We don't want to play for the enemy. And, and the devil doesn't advertise that, oh, if you say these things, you're on my team. Obviously, he's trying to deceive. He doesn't advertise that. So Lord, we confess, if that's us, if we've been saying things against other Christians, other people. If that's us, I pray that you'd help us to confess that. We just give that to you, Lord. We we are sorry. We are sorry. Sorry for not only wasting our time and resources in doing something like that, but that we're actually hurting other people by doing this. And Lord, we are sorry that it's hurt your own heart as a father to see kids yell and fight each other and accuse each other. I know from experience, just in the natural, that as a father, that is something I really don't like. And I can't imagine you, (laughs) Heavenly Father, on the scale that you have to deal with this hundreds of millions of times a day, probably. I would imagine it would grieve you. So Lord, we confess we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. And so we pray that you would help us to listen to the prompting of the spirit. And that the next time we are tempted to jump back into that habit of speaking evil, that you would just give us a little tap on the shoulder. Holy spirit, give us a little tap on the shoulder. Say, Hey, no, no, hold back, hold back from that. Teach us day by day to start instead of accusing, praying for and interceding for that person. I pray that you would force us, if you will, to do that. And before we complain about our spouse, that we would pray for them. Before we're tempted to complain about our job, that we would pray for that boss, pray for those coworkers. Before we're tempted to complain about our country or our government, that we would pray for our leaders that we would pray for our country. Pray that you would forgive us for pointing the finger and speaking wickedness and that you would heal this land and bring our people together, bring our families closer together. Don't let this be yet one more wall that we put up um, to keep each other away, to keep you away. And I pray that you would just give us that revelation to increase our perspective about spiritual warfare as a whole. This is, this is a day-to-day thing. We are in battle every single day. And we thank you, Lord, that it is your desire that we be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to renew our mind the way we think, renew the way we think, the way we view others, the way we view the world. We wouldn't view other people as enemies, that we would view them as either fellow soldiers or maybe prisoners of war and need to be saved and rescued. So we pray that you would work with us this week and remind us, Lord, if, the, if we've be gotten into the habit of joining the accuser, I pray that you would help us to get out of that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And we'll come back next week and talk about more in this pretty big category of spiritual warfare. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.